Hello, everyone. Welcome to Seek Go Create. Tim Winders, your host here. And gosh, it is a beautiful day where I'm at. I hope it's a beautiful day wherever you're listening in on this. It is uh, kind of middle of summer for me when I'm recording. Uh, the information is going to be timeless, so regardless of when you're listening, it doesn't matter. Today, we're going to be talking about what I'm titling the three biggest leadership mistakes or flaws. And uh, I'll go ahead and put a disclaimer or a subtitle underneath that. This really has very little to do with leaders, but it's something that is magnified when someone's in a leadership position. So hopefully that makes some sense. I'll get to that in just a moment. We'll talk about those items and it's going to be a fun episode, just me on mic. But I want to do a few reminders of things for those that might be just joining us for the first time or you haven't been with us for a while. We have an excellent website at seekgocreate.com where we have someone who takes all of our uh, audio and video and they transcribe it and then they put it in even what I call better digestible form. They put it in outline form with all the links, all the references, everything. And that's what we put in the notes section of our website. Some of you may see portions of it if you're listening on your podcast platform. And we do put a little bit of that on our YouTube channel that if you if you listen or watch there. However, our website, seekgocreate.com, is where we have all of those details. And here's one of the things that I really love is that let's just say that later when I talk about some specific things related to apathy as being a big mistake for leaders, if you want to go back and listen to that later, you can go to the notes section, you can scroll down to the outline where we talk about apathy, and there's a timestamp beside that. You could click on it and go right back to that section and listen to that again. I love that because how many times have you been listening in on a podcast and you go, ooh, I'd love to write that down or make note of that or find that or something like that. Well, we're working towards creating value for you that listen in so that you can go back and do that. So the outlines and the note sections and the quotes and other things that we have resources on our page are excellent. Make sure you go there, seekgocreate.com and uh, check out the notes. So with that, let's dive in today to, uh, to this uh, topic, which is I'm titling it the three big leadership mistakes. And I'm doing that because of this kind of, I'll be real transparent, it's kind of a cool marketing name. And really the name characteristics that you must have to be successful didn't sound as good. So I'm kind of flipping it and going to the negative. But these are character issues. These are character traits that we all should have. And if you flip it around, and that's the way I'm kind of going to teach and work with this today, is I'm going to talk about the negative or the or the flip side of the characters that we characteristics that we should have so that we can kind of get it better. I think many times I think our minds work better when we hear the negative or the opposite of what we should be doing and it helps us learn. So that's what we're going to do today. And, and I want to say that this is, I, I think a foundational principle here is something called moral compass. And it's really who we are as individuals and people. And, and, and I was listening to something recently, and I think it had something to do with uh, in church world, where a lot of people are elevated to positions of leadership because of their talent. They're, they're really good with a microphone or good on stage, or 
they are able to get a lot of things done, so they're put in a, a leadership role. Or in church world, especially in today's world, many people might be successful or talented musicians. And because they can play an instrument or sing or something like that well, they get elevated into what's perceived or what is an, a, a real leadership role. But yet they may not have some of the character or the moral compass that one needs to have when they're elevated into a role. So, so what, I'm wanna, what I want to state here, and I wrote this out so that I got it right, we are not talking about talent here. This has nothing, almost nothing to do with someone's ability or, or talent. Because what we're seeing is the results of rewarding talent instead of recognizing character is what is causing many issues in the world and specifically the world of leaders today. It is not an absolute. It's not all one and none of the other. I'm not saying that here. However, character, listen to this, it will be revealed in good times and extremely challenging situations. Let me repeat that. We will find out what people are made of when things are going extremely well. There's a lot of money coming in. There's a lot of success. There's a lot of numbers. There's a lot of growth. We'll find out what they're made of during those times because we'll find out if their pride and ego and things like that can handle it. We will also find out what people's character is when things are tough and when things are really tight, when money gets tight, when people are abandoning them, when they're dealing with some difficult situations, that's when we'll find out. When things are going well, sometimes we don't know, but we want to try to flush that out. That's one of the things we're going to talk about here. Uh, talent will have much less value. It can only carry you so far when things get tough. So keep that in mind. That's one of the foundational items that we want to discuss and look at as we go through this today. I was recently reading, I'm doing a read through the Bible. I've shared that with, shared that before. We're doing a chronological read through the Bible this year. And I spent some time uh, a few days in Ecclesiastes. And I just wrote an email on this for those people that are on our email list. You, you got that. And, uh, and Ecclesiastes is kind of an odd, weird book in the Bible. It's, uh, it's either written by or about or inspired by Solomon is what many of the, uh, of the theologians say. And it would not be considered uh, positive mental attitude stuff, at least the first <laughs> 10, 11 chapters of Ecclesiastes. It pretty much says that, uh, you know, what's the point? That's kind of my way of saying it. It's like, you know, you're doing all this work, you're toiling, you're accumulating things, you're elevating yourself, you're getting put in roles, you've got relationships, all of this stuff's going on. And then when you die, it talks about when you die, it's all poof, it's vapor, it's wind, it's vanity, it's all of these words that they use. And, and it can be a little bit of depressing, even though it's very accurate. It's like real mature conversation. And uh, anyway, I won't go over kind of the end of the story of the, kind of the real answer, but I do want to mention something from Ecclesiastes 10.10 that I believe applies here. It says, if the iron is blunt and one does not sharpen the edge, he must use more strength, but wisdom helps one to succeed. Let me repeat that. If the iron is blunt, and one does not sharpen the edge, he must use more strength. 
but wisdom helps one to succeed. And I hate taking a scripture and then trying to apply it to a teaching, but boy, it, it screams out the, uh, the applications that we're looking at in this, in this episode that we're doing today. And this is what I hear when I read that scripture. I hear that if, if some, someone is dull, they're, they're not operating with wisdom. I'll go ahead and add my words here. This is not in this scripture, but if they have low character, if they have some of the flaws and all that we're talking about today, they're going to have to work harder and do more to be successful. It's going to take, as, as it says here, it's going to use more strength. But if they've got wisdom, if they've got some of these characters that we talk about here, the characteristics, then it's going to be more helpful when we define or we look at what success is. So anyway, how about that for a lesson from Ecclesiastes here as we get started? And, and I wrote here, leadership and life is harder and has more issues for the low character person or for the person with limited character. Leadership and life is harder and has more issues for the low character person. So we desire, it is our, um, our desire to have more character and to have the character traits of someone who has strength and has a sharp sword and has more wisdom. So that's our discussion that we're having today. A good leader, this is something that I just came up with recently, and this is something that's been nagging at me for a while. For those people that have been listening in to some of our previous episodes, probably going back to late 2021 all the way into 2022, all of these episodes, there's just been something gnawing at me, and that is when people that are not necessarily good and kind people are elevated into roles, and we really see that it's magnified that they're not a kind and good person. And I know there's a little bit wishy-washy words, good and kind, but, but I feel real strongly about that. I mean, I'm really, really tired of seeing jerks in leadership roles. We will probably, we've always had them and we always will, but it's getting really annoying. So part of my mission here is to attempt to get some of us, you, others, thinking about what does it mean to be kind, to be a good person, so that it spills over into our leadership. And, uh, you know, it's just, I'll say it this way, and when we get to these faults or flaws that we talked about earlier, these big mistakes, it's tough for someone who's a jerk to, to, to really uh, implement some of these positive traits. And really jerks really will show some of these big mistakes. I mean, we can almost use that word, even though it's a kind of an odd word. And here's the big foundation or the reason why I believe this is so important. Leaders or people are grossly unprepared for the possible, and notice I say the possible, pedestal and idolization that comes with leadership. One of the things that we're seeing so much now in our celebrity culture is that anyone who's moved into a role of being over people or they've got somewhat of a leadership role, it's almost like the pedestals they're being placed on are beyond anything that a single person can handle. Therefore, character. That's why at the beginning we talked about extreme success. 
Character is so important because pride and ego typically cannot handle the celebrity or the pedestal that people that are placed on. That's why it's important for us to discuss these items so that we can avoid these flaws or mistakes. And so, um, so we've got two, two sides of that coin. There's one thing that I just saw here in my notes. There's the possible pedestal and idolization. And then because of the nature of social media and all that's going on, there is an incredibly sometimes fair, oftentimes unfair hypercriticism of the leadership role. And I just believe that average person not pressing, not trying to work on character type issues, they can't handle it. They can't handle all of that pressure, great success, or hypercriticism. We're just not equipped to deal with it. And so we've got to continue pressing ourselves and pushing ourselves. And we got to have coaches and mentors and connection and groups and organizations where we check each other. And so it's one of the reasons why I'm doing this episode to try to convey some of this. And this is an important uh, foundational principle to the way I define leadership. They never control as much as everything thinks they control, including the leader very often never controls it. In other words, we do not have as much control as we think we do. And leaders that we put on a pedestal, they don't control as much as we think they do either. And uh, there's a lot of examples we could look at, but we always put more blame on leaders than, in all, than I often think that they should, should receive. And then we also give them more credit for some things. Uh, many times they're just positioning things. And one of the primary things that I think a leader should do is to create an atmosphere so that not only can they succeed, but others can succeed. And, uh, and related to that, like I just said, they're not responsible for all the negative situations that they're blamed for, for those two go. So those two go hand in hand. To be able to handle all that a leader or a person may possibly be faced with, they must have some basic foundational characteristics. Now, some people that if you're listening in on this and you are hoping for some hardcore leadership principles, I'll just go ahead and tell you, you're about to be a little bit disappointed, but I want you to hang with me because I'm actually going to get to some practical application as we finish up or as we get deeper into this. But I'll go ahead and share with you what I believe the three foundational principles for a good person, good leader are. I've written about them in my novel. I've been meditating and thinking on these. I've been observing them in other people. I work with these when I, I sometimes do it subtly. I sometimes do it more out front with people that I work with in coaching roles. And the three basic characteristic traits are this, love, faith, and peace. Love, faith, <laughs> And peace. And again, some of you are going, hold on a second. Now, I was hoping to get a little bit more tangible. We're, gonna, we're about to get tangible because we're going to look at the flip side of those. But that is what I'm basing and building upon this character of the type person, the leader, the individual that can be better equipped to handle celebrity if all of a sudden they experience growth or the negative if they're dealing with some extreme challenges. And so love, faith, and peace, foundational items that we should have to be successful in any role, but specifically in a leadership role. Now, the flaws or the mistakes that we're going to look at here are the opposite. So let's take each one of those, love, faith, and peace, 
and let's flip them around. And let me tell you what I believe the opposite of those are. I believe the three big mistakes that leaders make are apathy, having a mindset of apathy, being self-focused instead of others-focused, and operating from chaos instead of rest or peace. So it's the opposite of those three, apathy, self-focus, and chaos. And we're going to go over each, each one of those with some specific examples so that we can be clear on what they are, at least clearer on what those things are. So let's look at big mistake that leaders make. Number one would be apathy. And this one sounds so weird to even say, because it's a word that we typically don't bring into a business setting or a leadership setting, but it's something that I really observe as being one of the biggest issues or mistakes that especially someone who's a manager, maybe a low-level manager, even upper level, that they will make. And let me tell you a practical way that I observe this, and that is they're not on a regular basis, thinking about their people and or their leaders. In other words, they're just kind of winging it, going with the flow, and they're not on a regular basis putting thought into, what can I do for Joe? What do I need to be doing for Joe right now so that he's better equipped to do the job that we are asking him to do? What can I do for Sally to help her work through the situation she's working through? She's going through some challenges either in the work environment or outside of the work environment. As a leader, what can I do to help her through that? See, to me, apathy is ignoring it. So that's not showing love. Apathy is basically saying, you know what? They can handle it. They'll deal with it. They'll work through it. And so that's one practical item. Now, two, and these are very important, and I observe this all the time. I think back on my days working in corporate America. And we're talking about way back when, when I first came out of Georgia Tech and I went to work for the Bell South Corporation, which has changed a good bit since then. But I think about one of the biggest flaws or mistakes that I see under this category of apathy is not giving timely praise and not giving timely correction. In other words, we have this thought that once a year we're going to be doing a review. Hopefully there's at least one once a year, every six months. And so what people will do is say, you know what, I'm going to tell Sally how good she's been doing when we have our quarterly review four months from now. No, that is being apathetic. When someone does a good job, catch them doing it and give them verbal praise or some type of praise right then and there. Because if you do not, that is not showing love and it's being apathetic. You do not want to be someone showing apathy. And on the flip side, I do believe it is showing love if you correct someone in a timely manner, like let's go back to Joe, let's just say Joe just had a project and Joe didn't quite give it what we believe Joe could have given it. There were a few missed objectives. There were some things that Joe let slip through the cracks. There were some of those within his control. Some of those may not have been. If we wait four months, three months, six months before we correct Joe and tell him what he could have done differently, then we're being apathetic. Don't be that leader. Do not be that person. Tell Joe, say, hey, Joe, listen, we need to talk about this project that you just finished. I want to tell you, I appreciate you taking the lead on it. appreciate all that you did. However, there are a few things that next time 
we may need to do them differently. So let's talk about what those are. And you need to do it timely and it needs to be concise and to the point. That is showing love and it's not showing apathy. So that's one. One of them that I talked about earlier, and that's just lack of kindness. Listen, I believe that we should be, especially if someone's in a leadership role, they should exude love and kindness as often as possible. And listen, I know some people are, you know, by the book, harsh, more ruler types. That does not mean that you can't change and adjust. We talked about it earlier. Don't be a jerk. Nobody wants to uh, work for a jerk and no one should want to be a jerk. I hope that's not you. Please, uh, if, if it is, maybe maybe put something in the comments or send a private message. We could talk about that. So lack of kindness, don't be a jerk. Another one as far as apathy is focusing on the wrong things. Now we can go through a long list of items here, but if you've got objectives for a group or organization that you're leading, but yet you're focusing on advancing your position or your role or something like that, that's focusing on the wrong things. Um, and, and, and I think as far as time blocking and managing our time, I think uh, when I really brought up apathy here, I should be able to look at someone's calendar. You should be able to look at my calendar and know what's important to them. If you do not have time blocked to think about and then spend time with your leaders or people that work for you, then I would say that you might be showing apathy in that area. So focusing on the wrong things. And then I was just reading actually last night from this book, um, M. Scott Peck. It's an older book, kind of a classic. I don't think I've ever read it, but it's called The Road Less Traveled. And some of you may have read it. If you're watching the video, I'm kind of holding it up here. And there was a quote, he was really talking about parenting, but I think it applies so much here. It just jumped out at me and I actually highlighted it. And uh, again, we're talking about the characteristics of love. The mistake is, the, is operating out of the opposite of love, which is apathy. And here's what he says here. When we love something, it is of value to us. And when something is of value to us, we spend time with it. Time enjoying it and time taking care of it. Good discipline requires time. And I would also say that love requires time and apathy shows lack of time commitment. So don't be someone who makes the mistake of being apathetic when it comes to leadership or the role that you're in. Show love and commit time to the things that are important so that, uh, so that you're not making that big mistake of apathy. Okay, let's, let's move to the next one. And it is that big topic that I'm calling self-focus, which is the opposite. Now, this is going to be kind of interesting for some of you. It's the opposite of what I'm calling faith. Now, some of you are going, wait, Tim, when you talk faith, isn't that kind of religion and spiritual and all that? And then self-focus seems a little different. Let me explain. Self-focus to me is when someone is consumed with themselves. They primarily think of themselves. They think of their success, their actions, their activities, their stuff. Whatever's going on with them is primarily what they think about. Someone who's operating from faith 
to me is someone who has an understanding, maybe not a total understanding, but they believe that there is something bigger in the world than just them. In other words, I'll use myself as an example here. There was probably a time where I thought that the world revolved around Tim. And then I started understanding some things from a spiritual standpoint, and it started softening me, and I started looking around at people around me and thinking, huh, there's a bigger picture here. So to me, one of the opposite items of faith, the mistake that a leader makes, is being too or overly self-focused. In other words, thinking about yourself. Uh, You know, there could be arrogance and other things that tie into that, but self-focus is the big mistake here. And one of the things that's important for me in this area, again, is just getting to a place where you recognize that the world does not revolve around you. (laughs) And I think I might have shared this before, but I was probably pretty self-focused early on in my business career. And a few things happened that kind of softened that for me. First thing was that I got married, so I had to start thinking a little bit about my spouse, even though I would argue that many times uh, people can get married and still be fairly self-focused. And then uh, the next big thing that happened for me was I became a follower of Christ. I became, you know, I kind of committed my life to uh, being a Christian and a follower of Christ. And that opened up doors for me to really look at a bigger picture from a faith standpoint. And so that kind of helped with my bigger picture. But the big thing for me that really allowed me to be less self-focused was when we started having children. And uh, I know some of you have experienced that. It just really softens us and makes it to be where we understand that other people depend upon us and we need to honor that and show responsibility there. So not thinking about yourself and that the world revolves around you is that faith piece or not being so self-focused. And then there's two other things that uh, that kind of tie into that, and that is not thinking long-term. Now, I do think at times some of us, some of you, we can get too wrapped up into future thinking. You know, it's going to be this way someday. This is what we're working towards, that type thing. And then I also believe that some people can be too backwards thinking. We could live with regrets. We could be mindful of what happened in the past or think about the glory days or something like that. So we do have to have a balance between past, present, and future. But I do think that part of being a leader is not being so self-focused, looking at people that do work for us and thinking, what can we help them with long-term? What can we do to position them for success long-term? That's thinking long-term. And then also, I kind of mentioned this early, but not thinking big picture. How does everything fit in? And, And part of it goes to my definition of really what I believe leadership is. And I've shared this before, but here's my definition. A leader is a steward, a trustee, a caretaker over the people, places, or things that they have been given. And I'll go ahead and add many times that they have been given by God because I believe that many of the positions that, that we're in are divine in nature. And sometimes we don't understand them. We don't know exactly what why we're here, but we've been gifted something that even though it might be our business or we've worked hard to get into a certain role or we might think that we own certain things, I think that it's healthy to think in terms of being a steward, 
so that kind of big picture, you believe that you've been given this gift. You're going to do the best you can with it while you oversee it or you're the trustee or caretaker. And then you're going to have to give it back at some point. And when you give it back, big picture thinking here, you want it to be better than when you received it. To me, that is big picture thinking. And that shows faith when you aren't believing that it all revolves around you and you being the owner. I also believe that it relieves a certain degree of pressure if you believe that you aren't the owner and have the mindset of, if it is to be, it's up to me type thing. Now, I believe we have to have responsibility. I don't believe we ever shirk that, but I do, I do have this understanding that I know that I, myself, and I've observed it with many other people that I've worked with, when they have a bit of a relaxed mindset of, there's something bigger out there. I'm going to be responsible for what I've been gifted with, but I also know that I may not be gifted with this forever. And I want it to make it, I want to make it better until I hand it off. That is healthy from what I've seen when it comes to uh, avoiding the mistake of being self-focused. And then finally, um, one of the things that we see when people are self-focused, this is kind of a, a tangible result that, that we observe from people is that they get really arrogant when they're self-focused and they feel the need to prove themselves. And when people get in that mood, it's almost like they have to prove themselves. And usually it's at the expense of the bigger organization or other people. And it's when people get into comparison. It's when sometimes some unhealthy things can happen. And when we were talking about character earlier in this episode, it's where you could kind of start going down a slippery slope of doing some things that could be unethical, that could be character issues. And we don't you to do that. So be mindful of the big mistake that a leader can make or even an individual of being too self-focused. We want to be people of faith not people that are self-focused. So that was our second one. Our first was apathy, big mistake. Second big mistake was self-focused. And let's go over the third one. And that is chaos. This was kind of a weird one here. And uh, I probably need a little bit of foundational explanation. So, and again, this is the opposite of the characteristic of being at rest or at peace. And that is, you don't want to be the person that's bringing chaos into a situation. And I've had, I could think of them right now, I could see their faces and I know their names, at least two leaders that I have been under or worked for that their mode that they operated under was, whether they did it consciously or subconsciously, they would create a chaotic environment, sometimes injecting it into the organization intentionally so that they could stir the pot and then either be the hero that can clean it up or it just keeps people on their toes so that everyone's in this constant state of turmoil. And, and I've seen this too many times in leadership. I, I even considered, gosh, is this just an anomaly? But then as I look out over the horizon and I see people that are out there in the world and I, I keep hearing of situations of leaders that are, are falling or having challenges, I actually see this, unfortunately, as a bigger mistake than it should be. They lead with chaos instead of rest and peace. And I've got another quote here. I think I, I've got a few notes here, but this is a book that I read last week 
kind of a classic book, As a Man Thinketh. For those watching the video, I'm holding up the book here in front of me, As a Man Thinketh. And uh, this, this, was, this book was written in 1902. So this is some current, like real world, 120-year-old information here that to me has stood the test of time. And I think we need more of this mindset in the world we're in today. So let me read this quote, then we're going to hit a few points as we finish up here. And uh, this is in As a Man Thinketh. I don't know which chapter it's in, but it's toward the end. The quote says, The calm man, having learned how to govern himself, knows how to adapt himself to others, and they in turn reverence his spiritual strength and feel that they can learn of him and rely upon him. To me, this screams of someone who is operating out of a place of rest and peace, not chaos. There's one other uh, statement here on the other page. The strong, calm man is always loved and revered. He is like a shade-giving tree in a thirsty land or a sheltering rock in a storm. Some good reminders there of how important calm is when it comes to just living, but then also leading. So uh, that was some good start to this discussion on chaos uh, when we're talking about bringing peace and rest into the organization. So here's what uh, someone of chaos does, and I hope you're not this person, but let me, let me look at some items that we see when people are leading from a place of chaos. Instead of creating an environment that fosters success, they create roadblocks to success. Sometimes they do it, like I said earlier, consciously, and sometimes it, it's subconsciously. And I could argue that it's kind of sometimes easier to deal with one or the other. It just depends. But what a leader, what you should be doing, what brings peace to an organization is you should be maniacal about attempting to remove roadblocks from not just the organization's success, but specifically the people that you're leading or the leaders that you have. You should be the person that is removing those roadblocks so that they are better positioned to succeed in their roles. So if you're creating roadblocks, if I were to interview some people that work for you and they go, yeah, let's say your name's Bob. If it weren't for Bob, we'd get all kinds of stuff done. He's got meetings all the time and he's got this and that and he asked for this and it just makes it hard for us to do our job. That could be a seed of you being someone who's leading with chaos uh, doing things that either you haven't explained it well so that they understand why that's important or you're doing it just for your pride, your ego, and not doing it for the betterment of the organization and the people you lead. Uh, another thing that brings chaos is someone who's quick to anger. Now, I'm pretty low-key. I can get excited about stuff like this. I'm probably as wound up right now as I ever would be, but... I'm pretty slow to anger, but I've been around people that have a pretty short fuse. And you know what? It's just uncomfortable. And, and some people might say, but yeah, I lead well with that and people are okay with it. People understand that that's the way I am. You know what? What you're going to do is you're going to attract people that are comfortable with that type of personality. And you're going to have a very interesting organization that develops or company or team or whatever, if it's an organization that's okay with someone who's really quick 
to, uh, to, to jump to conclusions and, and get angry. I think that someone needs to manage that as, as best that you can. So don't be quick to anger because if you are, then there's a good chance you're bringing chaotic, uncomfortable, not restful and not, not peaceful situations into the team or the organization. Now, here's one that's on the flip side because there's two sides to all of these coins. It can also bring chaos into the organization if you're slow to correct. Let's just say that we have a guy named Fred who's in the organization and Fred just isn't getting the job done. And Fred has maybe a lot of things going on personal. There's just something going on with Fred. We don't know. And let's just say as the leader, you allow that to continue happening. You either don't work directly with Fred to see what's going on so that you can help him, or you just kind of ignore it, or you in your mind think maybe Fred will get his act together, or maybe he was once strong and maybe he'll get it going again. The longer you wait to address that situation, the more chaos it's going to create within the organization because people are going to see it. Don't think they don't see that. They will see that. And so there's chaos in the organization when you're allowing things like that to happen, when you're allowing other people, and we'll go ahead and say it this way too, this is sort of related. If you've got someone like Fred who's creating chaos in the organization and you're allowing it, like Fred just gossips, rumors, he stirs up trouble, and you as the leader know it and you allow it, then you're also you're creating chaos in the organization just by default. So you've got to address it. You've got to correct it. You've got to do it timely, like we talked about earlier, and not allow those things to happen. So uh, slow to correct. And then here's another one, and this one's big, and it's becoming bigger and bigger, and that is allowing abusive or non-productive behavior. And I want, to, I want to focus on this abusive behavior, because one of the things we've seen in a lot of churches and companies and everything lately is just abusive. If it's sexual abuse, if it's just verbal abuse or, or whatever— if we see that, it is now our responsibility. We cannot ignore it. And we are not building organizations that have rest and peace within them if someone is so uncomfortable because they're being abused within that organization. And leader, it falls on you. I mentioned earlier that you're not the owner, but you have responsibility. You don't own all of that but you have a responsibility to do something. And if you do not, you are allowing chaos to rule and reign in your organization. Stop it. Jump in, do something. There's ways of doing it. You know, if you're an organization that has HR, make sure HR is involved. If you're a smaller organization or team or something, uh, maybe get, get a resource that can help you understand how to do it because there's right ways and wrong ways of handling that. But do not allow abusive behavior in your organization. There's been times in the past where that, that people have turned the other way. We cannot do that in the age that we're in now. So don't do it. So, uh, you know, I hope I was strong enough on that. And then uh, another bullet item here, position yourself, your organization, your group or your team and individuals to succeed. That's how you bring peace arrest in the organization and eliminate chaos. Look for ways. We said this a little bit earlier, but look for ways that you can help people succeed 
and feel success and feel that they're growing and doing something that makes a difference, that there's a mission involved. And then you will see an organization that operates from that level of what we call peace or rest. So three big mistakes, and there's a lot of other things we can discuss here, but three big mistakes are apathy, the opposite of love, self-focus, the opposite of faith, and chaos, the opposite of being at rest or at peace. And again, those weren't really big mistakes just for leaders, but we kind of wanted to focus it on leaders today. So I hope that this has been helpful for you. And again, I want to remind you that the three principles that we should be striving for is to operate with love in, if not all, almost all situations, to be people of faith and understand that there's some form of bigger picture that uh, that we're not so self-focused. Also, to be someone of peace, someone who's at rest, someone who's not spreading that disease of chaos throughout the organization or the teams or the or the companies that 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 we're with. So, love, faith, and peace. And again, this was the foundation of the novel that I wrote. And so, final statement, just a big plug. If you haven't gotten Coach, a story of success redefined. These three principles were kind of foundational. It's one of the reasons I inserted them into a story so that I could understand them better and so that people that might want to read the book could understand them better. I hope this has been helpful for you. I love sharing it. This is a topic to me that is extremely important for leaders. If you know of a leader that needs to hear this, please share this with them. Share either the episode or share it on social media so that uh, so that they can get it and get some of the teaching and things like that. I appreciate you listening in, and I appreciate all of the people that are part of Seek, Go, Create, everything that we're doing on YouTube and our social channels and on the podcast channels. We're just getting great feedback, and I appreciate all of you greatly. And so continue listening in. We have new episodes every Monday. And until then, continue being all that you were created to be.